Triple Whale has just launched a simple finance platform called FinHub, and I'm already loving it. One simple dashboard for all the tools and accounts you're already using, so you can gain clarity with your consolidated data, your real-time cash flow, your accrual P&Ls. It's designed to help those brands that are built on Shopify to operate smarter. So go over to triplewell.com and check it out. And the problem with today's ERP solutions is that it has to take an entire organization's effort to make sense. I just don't see... Shopify merchants and growing Shopify stores looking at that as a serious alternative. But the reality is that they don't know if there is an alternative. And that's something mm -hmm. we're trying to change the narrative of. Welcome back to Pit Stop. I'm Lucas Walker, your host. I've been a merchant, worked in the app space, and done just about everything there is to do in the e-commerce system. Joining me today is Ryan O'Donnell. He is the chief marketing officer and co-founder over at ShopAd. They make a number of different apps that are used by over 100,000 Shopify and Shopify Plus merchants, which is pretty incredible when you think about it, that there's a small to mid-sized city worth of businesses using your apps. But the one that we're talking about today is Mesa. If they sound familiar, it's because they've been sponsoring the podcast for the past few weeks. Had one of their customers, Jonathan Crawford, talk about how he uses or used Mesa over at Mudwater. And today, I, I shouldn't make such good claims. I just hate large enterprise legacy software so much, but how Mason automation is really different and replacing a lot of the traditional ERPs. So Ryan, I'm going to pass over to you before I get, get in some hot water for <laughs> making claims that, that you don't do. But uh, I would love to just start at the top of what does an ERP do? If you're maybe a fast growing Shopify brand, you haven't necessarily had to look into it too, too much yet. What does that ERP do? Yeah, ERPs cost you a lot of money. I mean, at the end of the day, an ERP is about having a single source of truth for your business. It's having a data centric approach to, to figuring out the right ways for your business to scale. It's about having just reports and all your system connected so that you can see a, a pulse of what your your business data really looks like. And we're, t we're trying to connect everything from your finance to your logistics, to your fulfillment, to your marketing. Literally every corner of your business needs to then roll up into this enterprise resource planning tool. There are a myriad of options out there. I have very strong opinions myself on these ERPs. And really, as merchants and Shopify stores grow, they're going to get to that place where they're going to say, is an ERP the right thing for me next? And that's a that's a fun question to answer. <laughs> so what do some of those questions look like of when you might start considering one, when, you know, you start looking and I know that they're they're expensive. What yeah. are the costs? Because I, I imagine they're not they don't do month to month contracts when you're you're signing up for for an ERP at that at that stage. Right. I mean, it's a very natural thing to want to have, and you and really uh, growing merchants and and businesses really should be adopting a data centric mindset to to really find how to get to the next level of their business. So the notion of an ERP is great, and and I don't want to discredit that you should start to think about having a single source of truth, so that you do react and build on learnings from accurate uh, data points. But the problem, though, is that merchants on Shopify have been used to being able to get apps and just quickly integrate them onto their store, paying a monthly service fee or maybe even just a, a small saving a little bit on the annuals. 
when you start to look at these enterprise tools like Sage and SAP and Dynamics, you're looking at, at con- yearly contracts now. It's not just being able to pay month over month. It's not even necessarily paying one year at a time. You're looking at multiple years at a time. And integrating and getting your data actually into them is now costing you... It's not just the licensing fee of the ERP solution. You're now paying consultants to integrate every single data point back into this platform. So not only are you paying the license fee, but now you're paying professional fees to have all that data then integrated. And as we all know with anybody that's done any level of custom development, it's never ending just there. You now have probably ongoing <laughs> costs to make sure that, hey, some somebody changed a, an endpoint or somebody changed their data model. We need somebody now to go in there and modify whatever that integration looks like. So it's just these constant ongoing costs as well. The cost can really start to mm-hmm. compound too. And so now your business, you're now almost looking at it as I became this ERP expert and my business is is literally just designed to make sure my my ERP is accurate. And no one got into business to do that. <laughs> no, and I think that's when a lot of chief operating officers become CEOs and founders step down because you're, you're in the data management space. And it's just, I sound overly salty because it, it is a good problem to have mm-hmm. if you're, you're managing inventory in Whole Foods, Target, multiple warehouses, Amazon, Walmart, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But it's also a massive, massive headache. And depending on your product, if you've got multiple SKUs of the same variation or SKUs that are only sold in certain places, but not others, it gets just, it, it compounds exponentially mm-hmm. of the types of things to that you need to just keep track of. I think a big problem, at least for growing businesses, is when deciding or not that they need an ERP solution. And the problem with today's ERP mm-hmm. solutions is that it has to take an entire organization's effort to make sense. To really see an ROI on adopting an ERP of that magnitude, it has to it has to it has to integrate everything, and everyone needs to be part of that that decision. So the decision comes from the executive level. It comes from the CEO. It comes from the COO or somebody that says, "This is how our business is going to grow for the next five to ten years by adopting this technology and getting everything on board," which can re- realistically can take years to get all faceted facets of your business integrated. I just don't see Shopify merchants and growing Shopify stores looking at that as a serious alternative. But the reality is that they don't know if there is an alternative. And that's something Mm -hmm. we're trying to change the narrative of. I think when you think about today as automation, automation can be the thing that can disrupt the ERP space in a very significant way. Yeah. And I think that it just... We, we've written down all, all the different use cases and, and regions to pull in from loyalty reviews, customer support, sales, inventory management planning, just everything. A lot of the legacy ERPs, they're not built for this wave or generation of quick and nimble businesses. If you can save a significant amount of money and maybe there's some functionality that another reviews provider has, you don't want to be locked in because you can't then put that data into your ERP or one central data location. You want to keep everything in one place and quick and nimble 
as well. And really, uh, to keep on the the theme of, of pit stop, a Formula One car is uh, built up of the driver, the engine, the chassis, the wings, the tires. If you look at all those apps, is if your Formula One car is or your Shopify store is that Formula One car, you need to make sure that everything is connected and, and working together. If you're losing power from the drivetrain to the wheels, it doesn't matter how great your tires are, you're not getting the most out of it. And I think that that's really uh, something. Another differentiator is that it's hot swappable. Yeah. Can you give me a little bit of a why ERPs are maybe not so hot swappable and B, how automations through Mesa are a little bit more hot swappable? Well, ERPs typically, they stop, they start really top down. They need to start with some sort of central point of data and then just start pulling in from every department that might be part of that business. Whereas when you think about where how automation can kind of disrupt this is that when you don't need to take on an entire adoption from a from top down business, and you can really just focus on one department at a time, then it just comes down to, well, I just need to connect one system to another so I get the learnings that I need, and then I can move on. So if, if it was a matter of just getting your finance data into another system so that you could compare your orders and the finance and make sure that they match up, or if it's just a matter of making sure that my customer data matches to what is in my CRM so that as orders come in, my orders and my customer data are now in sync. So we can start to build into the notion of, of becoming an ERP through automation in only the, the facets that make sense for my business. So I, now my ERP mm-hmm. solution is unique to me and isn't me integrating into another technology that may or may not conform to something that is truly personal, I think. And really what separates every business and makes them unique is how they, what data matters to them most. And if I can, if I can make sure that my data stays unique and it's not just conforming to whatever the ERP needs, then I can make faster and stay nimble and be more flexible in the long run. Mm-hmm. And then I think that there's a lot of that peace of mind that comes from knowing that you have that flexibility to to move apps. I, I think it brings a lot more speed of evaluations and just looking at your business grows. Maybe you're you're looking at offering memberships, so you're planning a re reoccurring subscription charge, but it's a little bit different than the traditional recharge use case. But you you don't want to get caught up on well. This, this platform does it the best and conversions will be highest with this platform, but we can't bring the data in mm-hmm. and having to make that choice of, of two things that are, I mean, I'm an entrepreneur, so I'm going to say, yeah, we getting customers to sign up for it and we'll, we'll deal with the data on the other side is more important, but you shouldn't have to choose. Right. So I think there's a lot of that peace of mind that comes from it. If you were to, to wrap it up of just one, one final better way to work with Mesa, what would it be? I think really the best way to work with Mesa is really just find the one pain point or the one piece of missing data that that's in your day-to-day and just start with the one problem. And whether that's just connecting two apps, whether that's being able to store uh, your data that's coming in from somewhere into Mesa so that you can then manipulate it and get it over somewhere else, it's really just focus on your first problem and solve that one problem. Because that once you realize that that can be solved through automation, then that gives you the hope that the next thing can be done with automation and then the next thing. And you really start to build a really a strong foundation of, of all, the, all these different blocks for your business in new ways that's really going to propel you to grow. 
Mm-hmm. I love that. And I love just everything that we've, we've talked about from starting with something, something simple, as simple as tagging orders or making sure that customers' names aren't all capitalized <laughs> into to full-blown ERPs, which is something that's really, really powerful. I know your your apps are used by over 100,000 Shopify and Shopify Plus merchants at Shoppad. If you want to, to get started with some automations, head to getmesa.com, G-E-T-M-E-S-A.com. You can try out their their automations for for free. There's a free trial. A lot of great stuff out of the box. And as you you've heard, it's working with the apps that you're already using. Ryan, is there anything else that you want to add to to anyone listening who's maybe on the fence about getting started? I would say just reach out and contact us. We have an incredible customer success team that's around twenty four seven that is not just here to help you work through whatever automations you're trying to build, but even just to do a discovery call to see what's possible. So you don't know until you try. So give us a call and we'd love to chat. Yeah, absolutely. I think that if the if the business results weren't enough to give Mesa a try, I think the 24-7 support is, is another huge thing. It's You don't realize the cost of having bad support or no support until until you need it and, and everything's hung up. So Ryan, thank you so much for joining me for a couple episodes of Pit Stop. I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you're not subscribed, make sure you take your thumbs, hit that subscribe button. And while you're using them, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Triple Will is doing some amazing things nowadays. They're developing just a huge range of tools to help your brand stay informed and scale. And Whale Mail is where you can get all these details. So head over to triplewill.com and sign up today.